welcome to the Fiber Coven podcast. We're here to talk at you another week about some yarny stuff and some witchy stuff. Yeah. Kick it. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. I'm Lauren of Valkyrie Fibers. And I'm Emily of Kitty with a Cupcake. Sweet. We're going to kick it off with a little bit of news. Mm-hmm. And the first little bit is our friends over at Radical Threads. Their Kickstarter is still open if you are able to help them. They're just going to be a small independent craft publication. Website. Publication. Mm-hmm. Hooray. And they are focused on highlighting marginalized voices, which is yeah. And they have already met their goal, but they uh, said that uh, as they get more money, they'll be able to do more cool stuff, like maybe commissioning some designs and tutorials from people. So even though they already met your their goal, if you haven't uh, contributed to the Kickstarter yet, still do it up. You have until April 17th to contribute. Yes. Also, we decided on April 17th, we're going to have an Instagram live event on our Fiber Coven account. Yes, join us. And that's yep. going to be at 2 p.m. Eastern time and 11 a.m. Pacific time. Pacific. Yes, and that is a Saturday. Yeah. So Saturday, the 17th of April, we will be here to chat with you. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, we're going to do, uh, what are we going to do? We're going to do some Would You Rather uh, yeah, crafters, crafters stuff. Yeah, Would You Rather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, if, yeah. I, if we run out of things to talk about, we could potentially do some Star Wars fuck, Mary kill. Yes. <laughs> I, we rarely run out of things to talk about. It's though. true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> but I like this idea. Mm-hmm. Excellent. We can move on to finished objects. Hooray. Did you finish anything? No. <laughs> I have. Well, it's not finished, finished because I haven't woven in the ends yet. But while I was in line at the post office today, I finished my vanilla socks. They're so cute. They are so cute. So these are in Hawaii Bazaars. Um, it was the February Anime Yarn Club. And this is for Oran High School Host Club. And I got the sock set, which is this main color, which is a pinky purpley speckle, which is just lovely. And then this like rosy pinky pink for mm-hmm. the contrast. And I love it. So they turned out really good. I used the Flegal heel because that is my new crush for non-self-striping socks. I think it fits really good. Hi, Buttercup. <laughs> I heard a little puppy boof. But those are finished. But I did have a fair amount of yarn left over. So I have like about 43 grams of this and I haven't weighed this one yet, but I probably like somewhere between five and 10 grams. And I think, so my sweetie was like, I was showing him this and he's like, shorty socks for me. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I might do that. Pink socks. Yeah. I hope it's enough. He wears like a size nine extra wide. You could always like maybe do the toes in that pink and then weigh it when you get to the end and you could do Mm -hmm. like the top cuffy bit in another color. Yeah. And then you'll probably be okay. Mm -hmm. I think so. Mm -hmm. That's a good plan. I think I'll do something along those lines. If I use this for the cuffs or or for the toes or the cuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But since his feet are so wide. Toe because you could weigh it and maybe not need to use a third color for the cuff Mm -hmm. 
because his feet are so wide. The toes actually take oh, up a fair right. amount of yarn. <laughs> I, I cast on 75% of his foot circumference at the toe and only increase it 25%. Oh, my plan. So maybe work, the but... toe, <laughs> maybe the toe will have to be the contrast, mm-hmm. but it's close to 50 grams of yarn, which is close to enough for socks. Yeah, it should be for shorty socks. We shall see. I will keep you guys updated as I try it. <laughs> That's excellent. Nice. And then you said you didn't finish anything. No. That you can show <laughs> us. No. Yeah. Well, show us something you've been working on then. Okay. Um, I have been working on my waxing moon shawl. Oh. It's just oh, 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 massive. Oh, oh. It's so pretty. Yeah. So I finished oh. this brownish stripe, which was called Jabberwocky, because mm-hmm. I'm making it in my Alice in Wonderland advent calendar from Earl Grey Fiber Co. And now I'm on this gray stripe. But yeah, it's huge. And then for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, it is a huge circular beast in all these knitted wedges, like like a bolt, like a dartboard. Yeah. Prettier. Yeah, kind of like a pie. Um mm-hmm. And there's little eyelets that um, frame each wedge and you knit it with short rows and each wedge takes about 20 grams of yarn. So it's super perfect for Advent mini skein sets because there are 24 wedges in the full circle and 12 wedges in the half circle. And speaking of the half circle, I thought that I would show you the one that is in the uh, Moon Club colors because they are all official and out in the public Yay! So grungy. So grungy. So winter. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited to start. um, I haven't been working on the new colors yet. Mm -hmm. Because I can't show them to people and I already have a bunch of stuff I can't show to people. So (laughs) yeah, that's what's kind of keeping me from casting that on is because I can't show it off right away. Yeah, it's really a bad time suck for Instagram sharing content. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll like start with the pink moon color like on the pink moon and be like festive Ooh. about it. Cause I kind of started exciting. that one early because I was making sure about the yardages, but now the pattern's like done basically. So I don't need to do it early. Mm-hmm. Um other stuff I've been working on involving mini skeins are this massive it's mini madness that's so big emily has a a scarf essentially of little triangles it's too big but it's too late now i can't i don't have time to start it over it's huge um is it as it looks as big as your wingspan it's a little bit bigger (laughs) stop I've I, never had a shawl that was too big. This is the second to last triangle though. So I only have one more and then mm-hmm. I can start the second row and I wanted it's it to be so wider beautiful. than it is deep. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's looking good. I did, I did some tutorial videos for how to do the attach on both sides of the triangles. Cause you do that as you go. Nice. Uh, I might do a weaving in ends as you go tutorial as well. Um, for people, I haven't been doing that because I don't really care because I weave in a ton of ends all the time anyway. <laughs> but yeah, it's mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of right triangles uh, that are going to make one big triangle. And so this is the top row. I love it. It's awesome. That would be such a good stash busting project too. It seems like you could make a blanket from it. 
Yeah, you totally could. I think I will definitely include instructions to make it a blanket or my microphone is like falling lower and lower uh, to make it a blanket or a triangle. Yay. Yay. So the only thing I've really been working on is um, my nail tunic, which I didn't bring over because I'm just working on the body. I did try it on and it's pretty close to the length I want it, but it's very open and like drapey and there's going to be like several feet, like over a foot of positive ease on this thing. It's just me going around and around in circles and it's not that exciting, but determined to finish it this month. And uh, my knitting time has just, just today increased dramatically. (laughs) So I will be putting a good dent in that. Um, And my, I decided my reward for finishing my nail tunic will be to cast on the waxing moon. Mm, Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I might not work on the new waxing moon until I finish the giant triangle as well I'm trying Mm -hmm. to get that done before I come visit you because I the triangles yeah yeah it's for it's for Maryland sheep and wool which is like that Mm -hmm. week so Mm. I need to make a lot of triangles (laughs) they're fun though Mm -hmm. I did want to show you my design though yeah I'm excited so I've made it through three of the four elements so far oh my god you're so far yeah. So this is, I, I wanted to make an enormous tube cowl full of avatar colors. And I honestly, I cast on too much, but I'm too far in to do anything about it now. Like the idea of tearing it out would make me cry, but my intention is that it'll be doubled up, so, but like, they'll probably overlap each other quite a bit. Like mm-hmm. maybe like can go over your head a little bit. Ooh. I don't know. It looks but really good. The colors make me so happy. So I have my uh, air nomad colors here and then a water tribe colors and I'm into the earth kingdom ones and honestly this little like transition section yeah. here is making me happy I love the little ziggy zaggies that looks awesome yeah I think it's going to be great the idea is that it's going to wrap around twice and like it'll, it'll cover a lot of a lot of real estate it'll be very warm and, and it'll be so cozy and also too, like, oh, just so many ideas. I'm going to do, I'm going to do lots of stuff. And I didn't take, I didn't take eight skeins in my own yarn to make something small. <laughs> but I'm excited to keep working on that. I'm really excited to get into the Fire Nation colorways. Too. Yeah. I'm excited to see how those look together. Mm-hmm. But I'm really loving the contrast in the Earth Kingdom colorways here with my. Yeah. Those little Kyoshi, coins which- look good. Mm-hmm, which is the dark green and top cookie, which is the light one. I like the amount of contrast between these two. And I just love the little boogery color for Toph because she's a little booger picker and I love her. <laughs> Yay. That's not going to fit in your bag soon. I ordered a big bag. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. <laughs> so maybe in a week or two, you'll be seeing that from my acquisitions, <laughs> but that being said, I don't have any acquisitions this week. Did you get anything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that look on your face was precious. It was it was a little mischievous. Um, so I did get my Hawaii Bazaar Fruits Basket Anime Club yarn. Yay! Do you love it? I do. I am. So I, this happens to me a lot with hand-dyed yarn. I So I got it on worsted because uh, Chad's going to make me a hat from it. And that's its mm-hmm. purpose. And I'm really excited because 
I'll have a cute little like vanilla hat that Chad has made me and it'll be perfect for it to be in the fruits basket yarn because he was nice and watched it with me even though it's not totally his jam and then he ended up liking it and said that he would watch it again so um basket a delightful anime for anybody wanting something a light romance anime Mm -hmm. yeah it's I love it And yeah, it looks exactly like the inspiration photo that she had posted for the club. Uh, Mm -hmm. It has like bits of blues and grays and greens and some oranges for Kyo's hair. (laughs) Uh, But I saw her picture of like all of her yarn and I like it so much better on the fingering than I do on the worsted, which is a thing that happens to me that this is a known problem that I have. I just like how dyes look on fingering a lot more than worsted. That like obviously I love all of Hawari Bazaar's yarn because I just had a finished object today in her gorgeous yarn, but I love her sock sets. Yeah, her sock sets. She are... knocks it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Like because she she posts them with the inspiration pictures, like all of her Sailor Moon stuff. Like I was never into Sailor Moon, but seeing like how she worked with the um, inspiration pictures to like the sock sets, I'm just like genius, mm-hmm. gorgeous. Yes. I'm wearing Hawaii Bazaar right now. <laughs> um, Today's podcast sponsored by Hawaii Bazaar. No, just kidding. We're fans. We're sponsoring her. We're giving her advertising. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but so I, I still, I really like it, and I'm excited to have a hat in it. But I just like, I don't know. I just like how dyes look better on fingering than worsted a lot of the time. Do you have that? Do you do you find that to be the case? Oh yeah, they take mm-hmm. up dye differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just a delicate bitch and I want like my delicate like colors interspersed, but they're like more chonky on the worsted. Mm-hmm. But I do think it'll be cool to see how it works up in the like just plain vanilla hat because it's like there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be good. I'm excited. I stole it from his project bag. Uh, <laughs> you have to it's, cake it up for him though. It's, it's going to be his first cake winding experience, new experience for baby knitter. That's <laughs> so cute. I love it. And then other stuff I got, I uh, ordered from Forest Charms update this Ooh. month. And I got this adorable little teacup. teeny tiny brass teacup. Nice. So cute. So cute. If you're not familiar with Forest Charm, she makes really cute stitch markers and progress keepers. Lots of which are cute and brass like this, but she also does uh, natural crystals and stones. So, woo. And then right before we started recording, I got my BB Vidoo order because we talked about scents so much in a recent episode that then I was like, ooh, I only have like two of my incense cones left. I need more things. So I got more things. Um, I got the really chonky incense sticks that she makes that mm-hmm. uh, she has referred Hold to. Hold it up so I can smell it. Yeah, yeah, I will. Uh, she <laughs> to these as corn dog incense. <laughs> They're cute. They burn really nice. I've got some of those. Yeah, I saw that she had been saying that people wanted her to make this type more because they burn so nice. So I was excited to try them. This is what? the clove cinnamon scent that I mentioned. Mm. And I think I called it clove vanilla and cl- cinnamon vanilla and mixtures of those two in the episode. So sorry about that. It is clove and cinnamon cinnamon but maybe that's Tell how I <laughs> um so i got that uh which i have smelled Ooh, i'm dropping a little package come back little package and then this one is the new one i got which is the sage and rosemary 
And Ooh. I thought this little twine bow was really cute. So I didn't untie it yet. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> that one's nice. Smell. Oh, thanks. Smell through the camera. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you just listening or whatnot, like we are on opposite sides of a continent. <laughs> I'm in the middle. <laughs> are you though? You are in the Eastern time zone barely like literally less than an hour away from the (laughs) central time zone (laughs) Mm. Mm -hmm. yes yes you just got incense yes excellent Mm -hmm. sweet and that's that i'm done (laughs) cool so we can talk about our occult corner this week so this one's a little bit of a headier topic we decided to talk about shadow work this week So Emily, tell us about the problematic entomology of shadow work. So shadow work was coined by Carl Jung, uh, and it's about exploring the unconscious difficult parts of yourself. And yeah, so he he basically used it to talk about like the the id, the shadow aspect or the shadow archetype. Those are all things that him and Sigmund Freud talked about. And uh, it's about the unconscious part of your personality. But let's just be really clear about this up front. Carl Jung is super problematic. So, (laughs) but that is definitely where the term was coined. I couldn't find uh, examples of that term being predated by him. So yeah, definitely early psychology, which was dominated by white European upper-class men has some issues. Mm -hmm. Um, But the idea of looking at oneself's less savory aspects is probably a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. We can can take bits from people and acknowledge that they are not altogether great people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Carl Jung, uh, had some ethical failings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some some banging of his assistant that was not great and some uh maybe had a sex cult uh and uh actually some of his research for where he coined the term shadow work was he was observing some african people and had some really not amazing things to say about them and yeah i mean he just you know what you'd expect from psychologists of that time saying that they were simple and thinking of them as lesser than himself because of white supremacy so let's just be upfront about that but we wanted to tell you the history of where the term came from because that's a really common term Mm -hmm. in witchcraft yeah and we're we're sitting here was this in early april of 2021 and we in the knitting community did have another incident of a uh, white woman having a white fragility meltdown and um I think there have been multiple at this point, even oh, like yeah. in this, this most happens, recent wave. <laughs> this happens all the time is, is neither Emily or I are, are black. We decide, like anti-racism and like investigating like that in ourselves as part of our own personal quote unquote shadow work. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit and share some resources that help us investigate our less savory biases that we have absorbed from society. And frankly, like if you're a non-Black person growing up in modern America, you cannot, there's nothing you can do to stop yourself from absorbing some aspects of white supremacy into the way you think. And the only way that you're going to realize it is to learn. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
yeah, learn and just reflect and think about things that you have witnessed and absorbed and be like, oh, I did like, that is something that I have thought in the past. So, Mm -hmm. and also too, like one thing we were discussing before recording is that I'm guessing everybody who is listening to this podcast has one one point where they are a marginalized person, like be it if you're queer, like if you're differently abled, like you're not neurotypical, like maybe you're an immigrant and you don't have that that privilege that way. Like we all have at least one aspect that has affected the way we interact with the world. I just think it's important to try and learn, learn about the ones we don't experience. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you are not privileged in certain ways doesn't mean you don't have white privilege or white passing privilege or mm-hmm. yeah 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 um <laughs> so Wait. a really common way of doing sh- uh shadow work is a shadow journal which is just like journaling on different prompts and i wanted to bring that up in conjunction with white supremacy and me Uh, which is Layla F. Saad's book that is formatted to be done as a journaling exercise. Mm -hmm. Uh, So even if you've worked through that book in the past, it's a good one to do again. I actually, as research for this one, I started reading it again. I was like, this is so good. And I am now reading that whole book again. Uh, But you, you can do that and think about it in context of shadow work and just like try to get some of those negative things you've absorbed from living in a white supremacist society down and on paper and just think about them and try and learn. And also too, if you don't identify these things, you can't, you can't see them as they're happening around you. Mm -hmm. Cause that's the main experience I have with shadow work is working through the me and white supremacy workbook by Leila Saad. Leila Saad also has has a podcast called the good ancestor podcast, which I find really uh, helpful to listen to. It introduces me to many other authors and mainly authors of just diverse fields. She has so many different guests um, that are like academics or fiction writers or just philosophy and things like that. She brings really interesting guests on. They're mostly they're mostly people of color. They're almost exclusively people of color. And, and it just ranges in fields. Like I said, from like the academic to like the spiritual and also to Leila Saad, her kind of breakout piece was an essay about spiritual bypassing, which is a pretty big thing in modern society. And especially amongst women who experience a fair amount of privilege, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of spiritual bypassing that goes on. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely an aspect to look at in one shadow work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And even if you're not reading something that like a uh, white supremacy in me that is set up to be a journaling exercise, if you're listening to a podcast, maybe like take a minute to reflect on it and think about how it interacts with your personal biases and all of that stuff instead of just like continuing on to the next episode like that's like where the self-reflection and shadow work in witchy stuff comes is like you gotta take a second to be mindful about what you're listening to and what you're absorbing and not just like consume and consume and consume without that reflection 
Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. I know like in my little journal that I have a my little stack of journals, like I, it's the one I did the mean white supremacy workbook. And I definitely too, like anytime I read anything that was, uh, like racial theory, like not that mean white supremacy workbook is racial theory, but anything that anything in like the anti-racism field, I definitely was taking notes on it because I wanted to absorb it. Mm -hmm. And personally for me, I know the struggle was, was for, because I, I can easily write down notes, like from an academic standpoint, like these are the points. Like Um, how you would take notes in a class. Exactly. Like I didn't have any problem doing academic note-taking, which is valuable for me personally for retention, Mm -hmm. but it was really hard for me to relate it to myself personally and journal personally about these things. Yeah. That is the part that can bring up some like really negative feelings and like painfulness that you, I mean, you'll, you'll feel guilty when you do these things. You will definitely realize some things about yourself that are like ugly truths, but that's important Mm -hmm. to move forward. And another thing too, is it, I mean, it's all psychology based and it has different impacts on other aspects of, um, of your life. Cause uh, this is back when I was just starting to learn about anti-racism. I read white fragility, which is, you know, kind of a, you know, a, a much debated, uh, work mm-hmm. because it's an anti-racism book written by a white woman who is very much profiting from it. But I realized while I didn't have too fragile of a response when confronted about race as a non-white person, I realized that I did have a fragile response to lots of conflicts. Like, anything I viewed as a personal attack, like I would respond like the way she describes Mm -hmm. in white fragility. So just learning about things like in terms of anti-racism can have uh, different facets that you can apply to other parts of your life to, to analyze your flaws and hopefully work on them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, while we're talking about this, I just want to be really clear and say that I am obviously extremely white and privileged, and I am not trying to say that I am some perfect anti-racist person. Far from it. Uh, I think the journey of being an anti-racist is knowing that you are not perfect and knowing that you do have issues with white supremacy because of the whole structural system that we exist in. And you you like can't help it. You were steeped in that as a kid. And uh, that's just the way that capitalism and our whole deal functions. So Mm -hmm. accepting that and trying to learn about it and finding out what you can do is a great way to start. And I just like, I definitely make mistakes and I'm definitely going to continue to make mistakes and I'm going to say the wrong thing. And I just to all of the white women listening to this, I don't want you to get in that defensive place of like, well, Emily's white and she's saying she's perfect. That is not what I'm saying. I just, I think that we're all learning and uh, need to work on stuff. And we wanted to take the opportunity to say, hey, maybe, maybe let's all do a little bit of extra work. Let's all work on it with a nice sense of humility. Mm-hmm. And also too, like, Obviously, I experience a ton of privilege, too, as a light-skinned, like, non-accented native English speaker. Like, the whole, like, model minority myth has, like, set me up for a life of privilege that in my, like, 
white father. Yeah. So like, definitely we realize that there's a lot of privilege from the two of us and we don't want any of this to come off as preachy more. We just wanted to share what things have been helpful for us and say that we're Layla Saad fangirls. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> just think she's, she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, did we have anything else on that topic? I have some like podcasts to list um, mm-hmm. because I actually, uh, I was talking to Lauren earlier and I have only recently started reading books again with my eyes, uh, which you probably know if you have been watching our office hours where I've been ranting about all the dumb romantic fantasy novels I've been reading. Uh, but I have been listening to podcasts uh, that are anti-racist for a while. So if you are like I was recently and you don't have time to like read, then try listening to stuff. And you can also, of course, listen to audiobooks. Uh, but some examples are Pod Save the People, uh, which is hosted by DeRay McKesson. And uh, he is an activist and they kind of do like weekly topics. So it's really uh, up to date. And they'll like, it's, uh, I think it's produced by the New York Times. Yeah, it is. Uh, so they'll do stuff that is happening currently and or recently. So if you're like hearing about stuff in the news and you don't know what's going on, uh, that one's a really good one to listen to. Um, they'll get you caught up on things. And they do really good interviews on that one. Nice. And special guests. Uh, and then another one uh, that is good is 1619, which is hosted. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that one's great. That one was it's really short. Good. Mm-hmm. I think it's only five episodes. Uh, but it's a mm-hmm. deep dive on slavery's role in the foundation of the United States. So I would definitely give that one a shot. Mm-hmm. especially if you like like deep dive podcasts on any kind of topic that's one of the reasons why I really like it because I just like that format of podcasts where we're like really going to focus on an issue and talk about all these different aspects of it mm-hmm. um, and then another one is behind the police uh, which Ooh, yeah. is by Robert Evans and propaganda and they cover the origins of policing in the United States like all the way when it first started and through to the ramifications of it today um so if that you one's really good prefer book books the new jim crow is excellent for a history of policing and it's and the whole criminal justice system and its effects on people of color mm-hmm. nice and then one that i haven't listened to personally but i just found while i was doing some researching is still processing which both of the hosts are black and queer of that podcast and they uh, cover a topic each episode, kind of like a Stuff You Missed in History class, sort of a format of like, we're going to talk about this one thing this week. And I saw that they had like the Aunt Jemima stuff and they were doing like kind of recent uh, topics as well, like Pod Save the People. Mm-hmm. And they do seasons like Unladylike. So that one is nice because you it's not like every week you have to listen to an episode, but you could listen to like some chunks. So I just put that one on my list and I'm excited about it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I have another one that I listen to. It's she doesn't always talk about race. Sometimes she talk she talks about whatever she wants to, but the Amanda Seals uh, small doses podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> She's. And if anybody's nerdy, she talks about nerd stuff and she drops a ton of nerd references. So it's really cool. If she has, guests on who are filmmakers, musicians, authors, 
all sorts of things. And they, some weeks will be a heavy topic and some weeks she'll just rant about Game of Thrones or something. It's, it's great. Nice. Her cat, she's a cat named Lando. Oh. <laughs> and a dog named Jordy. Oh. And I think she has another cat is, is Huri, like, like uh, Uhura from Star Trek. <laughs> I just think that's great. That is great. (laughs) Her pet's names. (laughs) It's so sweet. Yeah, so I hope you guys liked hearing some of our favorite uh, resources just for broadening what you're exposed to and hearing some points of views that you may not have access to depending on where you live. But that's the beautiful thing about the internet is it's opening up access to so many different uh, points of view that we won't, you don't, you know, see in your daily, you know, errand running course of events. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as we close this out, just wanted to say that it, this learning about white supremacy and anti-racism is a long haul sort of a thing. It's not like you read one book and you're done now and you've learned everything you need to know. Uh, I think not getting burned out on shadow work in general and not getting burned out on anti-racism is important. Don't like give yourself a list of 20 books to read and then be like, ah, I can't, I can't just read anti-racism books and then never read another anti-racism book again. That's not a productive way to go about this. Yeah. A tip that I really like, and I didn't come up with this myself, but I do suggest it to like everyone after you've like dipped your toes in and like, say you worked through Layla Saad's workbook um, and you're feeling overwhelmed, like don't think you have to learn everything. You need to like maybe focus on what field you're in. Like, do you work in the medical field? Like research the history of white supremacy in medicine or like if you work in real estate, look into the history of redlining, you know, et cetera. Like look into how it affected the field maybe you work in or that you're passionate about. Um, for in your non-work time, like start, start with how, what, what affects you. And that's, that's a good way to make it seem manageable because no one of us is ever going to understand all of it. And no one of us is ever going to fix all of it. All we can do is just little, little baby steps in our daily life. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Wow. Is that a positive note to kind of wrap things up on? I think so. It's hopeful, question mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't have anything to promote this week, so I think that kind of wraps it up for us. If you are looking to find us around the internet, we are together everywhere as Fiber Coven on Instagram um, and on Patreon, and you can find our show notes at fibercoven.com. Mm-hmm. If you're looking to buy my yarns, you can find them at Valkyrie Fibers Tahoe on Etsy as well as you can find me on Instagram as Valkyrie underscore fibers. Yes. And if you are looking to buy any of my patterns, you can find them on Payhip and Ravelry. I am Kitty with a Cupcake in both places. You can also follow me on Instagram as Kitty with a Cupcake. Hooray. Well, thank you so much for spending your time with us this week, Coven. And until next week, keep making yarn magic. Bye. Bye. Bye.